With us in the studio today is the one and only political consultant extraordinaire, Jaime Rodriguez. How are you doing, my brother? Howdy, howdy. Welcome. Thank you for letting me in, even at the last minute. That's okay. No, no, this is not at the last minute. You, you could have come and said, hey, I don't care what you're talking about today. You will get me in. <laughs> this is more important. This is more. Actually, than, it is than more all important. the world politics. Actually, it is very much more important because you know something that uh, I hear you say all the time. And that is all politics is local. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And this is a very important local event that actually does affect the state and the nation. We are all multidimensional and popular culture has an effect on most of us in some manner. And Jaime, as you know, because I've met you in D.C. several times where we did, did all the other stuff. Isn't it true that all of this sort of form one thing? popular culture and politics. It's true. I mean, look, we, one of the things that you're talking about is we marched with Bernie Sanders there in D.C. Right. And uh, I mean, if Bernie Sanders is not the height of pop culture, uh, you know, I don't know yeah. what is. That and was so, a fun time, wasn't it? That was, it? yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think we went, I think there was something with the NAACP. It was, it was the 50th anniversary of the march from Selma to D.C. And we took the last leg from uh, Virginia, Virginia across in, Memorial Bridge. That was, that was the fun. The Lincoln Memorial, oh, in, yeah. In D.C. So, I mean, and Jaime was there taking pictures. Jaime, Jaime is a consultant, but he's a lot more than a consultant <laughs> in all the, uh, the videos and stuff that he did. Anyway, firstly, we are all multidimensional, as I spoke. We are all multidimensional in this world, and politics is a part of it and if the more we can integrate politics into the everyday world of what young people are doing what older folks are doing we will become even more politically engaged hey continue it i watch chris rock on netflix at 1 a.m while spinning it was clear that the will smith slap at the oscars has affected chris rock's comedy he was not as naturally funny as he normally is in my humble opinion he went really hard on Jada Pinkett Smith as well. I think Rock has heart, was harder on Jada Pinkett Smith than he was on Will Smith, which I think opens the door for a discussion on sexism, which is the political part that I wanted to talk about. That said, it was Chris Rock who was initially harmed. Chris Rock displayed a great degree of restraint when Will Smith hit him. When he slapped him, he didn't create a brawl. He went to hit, and he was a responsible one. He showed that you don't have to strike back at the moment to escalate things. I'll be the bigger person. I'll take it. Because you notice, uh, Tori, nobody ran up there when, when he got slapped and held down uh, Will Smith. Nobody was there to hold back Will Smith. Will Smith yeah. punched him and it, you know, and Chris Rock did the right thing and maintained his composure. So he was harmed. The one caveat or the one thing that I saw that I think all of us, those of us who are men, those of us who carry the male genes, um, I don't care what's happening between Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett Smith, and, and, uh, and Will Smith. I think we have to be cognizant that somehow when there is any kind of mishap that a woman is involved and a man is involved, that somehow the woman gets the biggest part of the brunt. Because if you take a look at the ending, and he did this at the end of the show, he was extremely hard on Jada Pinkett Smith, and I'm not defending her, but it shows the same kind of sexism we see in today's politics. The way Hillary was treated versus others. The way, uh, the way and, and it's, it's not a Republican or Democratic thing. Women just seem to take the brunt of much more than men do. 
I brought Chris Rock into the fold here because I want to tell my male brothers, my male part holding brothers, we have to be careful. No ma- even when we are harmed, we have to be careful in the way we address these issues relative to women. Because again, like I said, Chris Rock was the one that was aggrieved. But at the same time, when Chris Rock lashed back, yes, he lashed back at Will Smith as well, but he was much harsher on Jada Pinkett Smith. And Jada Pinkett Smith wasn't the one that slapped the you-know-what out of him. So let's be, let, let's be cognizant about that. Anyhow, Senor Rodriguez, tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with the uh, Harris County Democratic Party and you know, where are we at, why do we need a new chair, etc.? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. You know, uh, just some stats before we explain what's happening. Uh, Harris County has a population that's bigger than 27 states in the country. Right. And we have um, no senators in our state that represent us as as a Democratic county. We have no senators. Right. And there are 27 other states that have multiple senators uh, even though they only have one congressman, right? Because they don't have the population to support one congressman. We have five congressional seats in Harris County, so it's a big deal. This county, we have uh, four state senate seats, we have over twenty-one state house seats. Uh, a lot rides on Harris County, and in the state of Texas, of course, being the largest county, we actually account for one in five Democratic votes in the state of county in the state of Texas. And uh, so, this whoever leads the Democratic Party in this county. It's a very special position. It's a very important position, but it's also a tough position. And to top it all off, it's a volunteer position. And so, uh, let me let me stop you there, um, Jaime. Why is it a volunteer position? I think some uh, a, a, a county this important, a bellwether county, it seems sort of silly. I hate to just to use that word to have a, a, a county chair that is not paid and being able to organize. It almost seems like. It's a power play on the part of the system. And, and it's even more difficult than that. Not only do they not get paid, they don't have a stipend or a budget. So if they want to travel to D.C., for example, on behalf of the county, it's right. out of their own pocket. And so, um, you know, what's interesting, though, when you, do, when you create an organization, especially one that has volunteers involved, right. usually what happens is you have a paid staff that's a professional staff. Right. And then you have the volunteer side. And so the president of a board, the president of a, uh, the, they're usually not paid. Right. Uh, it's not actually that unusual for them not to be paid, but they usually have a budget. Right. They usually have a stipend, you know, gas money at the very least. Right. Uh, to spend. Uh, and the reason for that is because usually the job of, of that kind of person, the executive of, or the, the chief, is uh, a fundraiser. Right. That's their, they're meant to be the face of the organization. The, you're talking about the chair, the right? Chair, the right. chair is meant to be the face of the organization, and they're, they're meant to be a fundraiser, whereas the paid professional staff runs the day-to-day budget and whatnot. That's the way it's meant to be. And the precinct chairs, so basically uh, you think of a precinct as a neighborhood mm-hmm. in the county. They're, they're over a, almost a yeah, thousand of these. Yeah, I'm a precinct chair. Exactly. And, and so we have about 500 precinct chairs in office right now that are elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you were on the ballot right. you know, to get elected to be a precinct chair. They actually are the ones that will be voting on the new chair because it's just to fill out the, the right. seat. But in the spring of next year, during the Democratic primary, Every one of us in Harris County will have the opportunity to vote on that ballot right. and choose our chair. 
and so, you know, whoever gets elected right now on March 19th, they're basically signing up for a one-year program. Right. And then they've got to run officially countywide. But again, they're going to have to raise money for a position that's unpaid. You know, this is not like running for a county commissioner seat or a congressional seat where you're going to get a very nice salary. And, you know, as a county commissioner, you get a $30 million budget. You can basically do anything you want with. This is not that kind of a seat. Now, how, uh, how exactly then uh, do, or rather, how can that actually change? I, so the I think it is chairs, terrible. The precinct chairs have actually been very consistent on their messaging on this. And they're the only ones that can change the laws and bylaws mm-hmm. of the county party in, in this regard. Uh, and the precinct chairs have actually voted down the idea of giving the chair any kind of compensation or money to do their job. So that re- that suggests that the precinct chairs want a professional staff to be paid professionally. Uh, but that has also... Wait, wait, I don't understand what you just said. You, the said exec- that. you would have an executive director. Right. And they would hire, let's say, a press uh, communications director, press secretary. Right. So does the chairs have, want that on, on, in the aggregate? Or the you the, the precinct chairs seem to want that model. Uh, uh-huh. So they've been voting that way, but as implemented, it has not really been implemented that way. The, the volunteer chair who's been elected has usually taken the reins and been the one in charge, you know, kind of putting the weight of the county on their own shoulders. And, and so Do we have a director right now. Uh, we, we have had executive directors and, and we've had very smart, intelligent executive directors, but not always people with a resume that looks like uh, a professional director. So right. even though they've done great jobs and they fundraised and they've held events and all that, they don't necessarily have a background that suggests they're, you know, if you're, if you come straight out of um, medical school, you're not going to be the chief surgeon tomorrow at the hospital. Right. You know, right. you need at least a good 10 years under your belt before you're going to be the, you know, this chief surgeon. And the same kind of thing is happening here where, you know, if you're really going to be serious about running the county, you want people with a resume that, that remembers, you know, at least remembers the first Obama election. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they can remember the Clinton elections, that's even better, probably. Now, as far as the Republican Party, do they operate similarly or they, they, ha- they have they have a similar uh, organizational style? But the difference is Republicans, by and large, know how to pay their people. Right. And then they listen to the people that they're paying. Right. You know, uh, they're used to a lot. By and large, if they're business minded people, they know how to hire consultants and they pay them. And you're not going to pay someone your good money if you're not going to listen to them. Right. You know, and, and so Democrats are not always that way. You know, first of all, a lot of us um, are just, you know, either working class people or, or people that don't have a lot of business experience. And, and uh, so we're not used to hiring consultants and listening to someone else. We're, we're used to making it on our own by our, you know, pulling our boots up and, you know, uh, and, and so it's a very different party, the Democratic Party versus the Republican Party. Well, well, you know, uh, you're generally an advisor and a consultant that I've heard you speaking to one of our engineers in here. I, I think in my humble opinion, that is, we are going to have to somehow put the, the add that activist nature to you with, it, with where it comes to uh, probably instruct, not instructing, but uh, enlightening the party as how one can work more effectively. Because I, I think uh, when you mention about us being the type of bellwether that we are, there's a whole lot more that probably needs to be done to sort of tighten things up. And it, it's and, good and, for the you know, county all around. I, I liken it to, um, and, and my friends always laugh because I talk about this a lot, but I was on the National Committee of the Boy Scouts of America. Mm-hmm. I'm an Eagle Scout and all that. 
the Boy Scouts have a training continuum that is amazing from the day that you sign up as a volunteer adult, uh, and, and as a student, of course, there's a lot of training, but there's hand holding all the way through. Uh, there is no hand holding or training mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, there are some videos online that you can look at that the DNC and DCCC put out. But, you know, one minute videos, that's nice. That's helpful. But there's not hand holding. If someone in Harris County says, I want to join the Democratic Party, there's not a there's not a process right. to bring them into the fold. And, you know, as a precinct chair, there's not a lot of training that says this is what a precinct right. chair is supposed right. to do. You know, if you're in charge of a whole neighborhood, a neighborhood could have 7000 people in Harris County, right. a precinct. How are you supposed to be in charge of 7000 people with no training? Right. You know, and that's right. a volunteer position that you're doing right and so we need a lot of training which again goes back to if you have professionals who know what they're doing they can create training modules and they could provide a lot of training and that's one of the things we're going to want to look for in the new chair is is that they're interested in providing training in texas right now uh, of course oil and gas is king and and texas was the you know the the oil producer of the world right uh, until the 1930s the you know it wasn't the greenback that that ruled the world it was the oil dollar the price of oil texas crude right and so texas has a history of oil and gas we get it but it's also the energy capital of the world at this point too and that's not just oil and gas that is all the alternative energies are here in texas and and they could be expanded right you know but right now uh, one of the, one of the things he's talking about is that uh, you know on, on the rio grande river they're building that the, the border wall and they are literally saying uh you know all the the environmental um, laws that exist. There are actually seven governing bodies that are in charge of the Rio Grande River. Mm-hmm. All seven of those bodies were put aside and the federal government went ahead and built the wall, even though they did not agree. And and some of those bodies are from the country of Mexico that are supposed to, it's supposed really? to be joint agreements when you do anything on that river. And we just pushed them aside, did our own thing. Uh, that's affecting a lot but then you start looking at uh, where the Eagle Ford Shale area is, uh, just south of the hill country in mm-hmm. Texas, uh, just south of San Antonio. They, that, a lot of the people that live on the Rio Grande River uh-huh. make their living working the Eagle Ford Shale. And so they work in the oil and gas industry. Now, the only, the only access they had to water has been taken out so they can't farm anymore. They can't raise cattle and things because they don't have access to that water. The wall is there. The wall is there. So you really have isolated them and made them only dependent on oil and gas in that area. And these are towns and cities that are made up of five or six families, you know, large families. I mean, these are, you know, I'm slightly exaggerating, right. but that's, that's kind of how they are. You know, they have nowhere else to go. They have no other source of living or income. They have to make it on that. And so, you know, it, it's very difficult if we don't give them alternatives. And we have to be supporting alternatives or else all of the Democrats who are definitely Democrats living on the border, they have nowhere else to go. They have no other way to make a living outside of the Eagle Ford Shale. So in effect, they make them dependent on... The, the on GOP has done a wonderful job of making them dependent on oil and gas and giving them no alternatives. And and now, they, you know, they want to do LNG down in the port of Brownsville... And uh, that area is one of the the 
only areas that uh, a wildlife refuge and the the uh, the the way that the sand and the dunes are still there you know we call it south padre island but if you know texas it's actually padre island right it's a north, one long north yeah. padre island is outside of corpus christi it's a hundred mile long, long yeah. Yeah, island and so the northern part has about five miles of of uh, territory and the southern part has about five miles of territory that have been you know commercialized but everything in the middle is really meant for things like the turtles right. uh, that come and, and they nest there every year and it's pristine land if you have one spill or one accident with the lng then you have a real problem you, you know they always talk about but things. you know you know it's it's unlikely to happen and when it happens they, yeah. they, they 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 are not even begging for forgiveness they're just well you know spills happen you know it, it is funny because i i, I had um I had dinner this weekend with an oil executive, actually, and I think for quite a while, this person didn't quite, I think in the initial part of the the discussion, this person was only talking about efficiencies, efficiencies, because, you know, all these corporations always talk about efficiencies. They never talk about humanity. Yeah. You know, not because something is more efficient to make more dollars for your stockholders and to have less employees mean it is good for society. Sometimes you get rid of efficiency because things are more humane. And folks, those of you that are listening to me, I want you to understand that concept, right? Uh, companies right now are trying to get to maximal efficiency. What that means is using more robots. You know, that's not, that part isn't bad. I don't have a problem with that. But then also, if you have a long train that used to be, uh, you know, 50 cars and now it's 100 cars or now 150 cars, and because they have a remote guy at the end of the train, they say, oh, we can get rid of three or four more brake person. So that 150 uh, car train is dependent on maybe a computer that may tell them that something is wrong if all the sensors are working fine. But even if there's something wrong, you only have one person on the train. What you got to do, wait for a helicopter to bring <laughs> folks to um, to take your... You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, and, and I'll tell you what's even more cynical of that. Mm-hmm. So the, the way that uh, our trade laws work, um, anything that comes in by cargo by boat right um is taxed differently than things that enter by land right so and and by land it's cheaper uh, the taxes right so what ends up happening is these ships will come and deposit things let's say at the port of brownsville 18 wheelers will pick them up and drive them two miles down the road to mexico right turn around and then they enter by land right right you see and 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 so then they pay less taxes so anything that you can do to support the port of brownsville making it bigger more efficient more able to to accept new different cargo and different types of cargos makes it cheaper for the companies because now you don't come into the port of houston and and pay import tax by cargo now you're actually paying land uh import tax uh through mexico it it is it is sad that again remember Whenever, you know, some people give me a hard time because they're, you're always so hard on corporations. And that is because the, the nature of corporations tell, look, it's not, look, the executives of these corporations are doing what they're supposed to do. Right. They are maximizing profits for their shareholder. They are maximizing their own well-being with their with their um, bonuses, etc. They are doing exactly what Milton Friedman, the master, the latest master capitalist, say to do. Forget about society. Forget about morality. This is what this is what Milton Friedman, the, the latest god of capitalism, said. You corporate executives, you owe nothing. 
to people. You owe nothing to society. You don't be talking about women's rights. You don't be talking about uh, uh, environmental rights. You forget about those issues. Your sole purpose is to maximize the profits for your shareholders. I didn't say it. Look it up. Milton Friedman said it. So all of my listeners who are always defended, I'm talking, I'm not talking about most, I'm saying the ones that do, that are always defending the corporations, remember that it is written that you don't count. Remember that. Their sole purpose are their, there's efficiencies. Let me tell you something, Jaime. This is what drives me crazy, right? A company gets very efficient. They build robots so they lay, they lay folks off. They, they, they get trains that are longer and they put a computer at the tail end of that train and they lay off three or four or five or six employees and they don't give them sick pay because they want to make sure that they have to be there, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, sick leave because they want to make sure that they're there, et cetera, et cetera. So all these efficiencies we created and the efficiencies also mean more money is made in profits. Instead of us getting a shorter work week because we right. created the efficiencies, we work the same, just less of us work. Those that don't work are now dependent on the government of for our taxes for those who work. The guys who make profits get their profits in the form of capitalization means, okay, we're not going to give you only dividends. We're going to buy back stocks to raise the price of stocks so that you get capital gains. And wait a minute, capital gains are taxed at a lower rate than, than dividends. Yeah. Folks, you're being screwed. <laughs> okay? And, 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 you know, you hear it all. It's funny. If, you, if you're even watching TikTok and some of these kind of uh, Facebook reels and things, you see all these people advising business people saying, you know, the, the CEO of Exxon last year er, made $50 million. But the investor who invested big time made $500 million. Yes. And they say, you know, uh, and, and so that that's, it, it's better to be the investor than to be the worker yes. is the way that they're saying it. Yes. And, and, and so you want to be the owner. You don't want to be the one working, you know. Yeah. And, but they're even laughing at CEOs of Fortune 500 companies for being workers. Yes. I mean, that's what's so Phenomenal in today's age, you know, and, and, and you start to look at um, what is the trend in America right now for young people. The trend, of course, is that you want to be super famous online. Right. And you and there the rewards are millions of dollars per month at that age group in the early 20s right. to be famous online. Famous for being famous. I mean, right. that really, the, we've actually come to that point. You know, when, when the Kardashians and Paris Hilton and all that started, they were actually models. It's, all, right. it's very hard work to be a real model and all that. The people that are doing it now, they're making millions for basically doing nothing. And that's the reward system we're building in America right now. Yeah. Whereas all the other countries in the world, they're building workers that I, know how to get things done. And you know, it's so amazing that you said that because, you know, a lot, a lot of the young people are going to say, well, yeah, I know I'm, the, I'm just being famous for being famous. But that shareholder is, is just sitting on his butt. That's right, and he's not. You know, that's, he's that's just what they're training Americans they're, to do. They're, they're, they're getting the, the work away. You know, yeah. the, the work ethic is gone. Yeah. You know, it's and, and, gone. And, and they laugh at you for not being rich or not being whatever successful means. You know, and and laugh at you for having to work for a living. It's amazing because you remember when uh, when Hillary Clinton was talking to uh, was debating uh, Trump. And she talked about him not paying any taxes. He yeah. said, that's because I'm smart. In yeah. other words, those other people pay, pay taxes. That's right. You know, what everybody is saying. Folks, we have to wake ourselves up. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be woke. 
<laughs> so my brother, a, a good supporter of this show, Lee yeah. Grant says, actually, many major corporations have gone woke. So it's not just profits, but moral preening too. Hey, I believe in being woke. They're not really woke, though. There is a false woke to bring Think the woke in. Starbucks. Think yeah. about Starbucks. Yes. Starbucks is what most people consider a woke, a woke company. Right. And yet, in Texas, there are only three locations that are unionized. Imagine that. You know? And, and one of them here in the, right next in, to the Kingwood, Kingwood College yeah. uh, just unionized a few weeks ago. You know, that and that was the epitome of what progressives think of as woke companies. Yes. So uh, Apple, everybody thinks, wow, Apple's so progressive. They're, they're not woke. They're, I mean, what the practices that they practice in other countries to make those products, that would scare the bejesus out of most Americans. Exactly. You know, uh, you know it, it is funny because, you know, um, the, the, you know why we ha I, I always talk about the inflation that we talk about. Oh, supply chain problem, supply chain problem. This, there's only a supply chain problem because the corporate structure created that. They went ahead and decided that we're going to manufacture everything overseas. Somewhere else. And yeah. then we can't build it, you know, and then we don't want to pay taxes for climate change. We don't want to pay taxes to make things better. And suddenly we get a pandemic and the ships are not coming in. And we, we created another crazy thing called just-in-time inventory, which means, hey, we don't even keep storage. Those ships better keep coming in. And if something stops that ship, the, the line shut down. And, and meanwhile, since, since you brought up that subject, in the meanwhile, the last administration tried to do a trade war with China yes. and told our farmers not to sell our goods to China. China was kind of doing us a favor by buying yes. our goods, our farmers. They can produce as much rice and wheat and whatever they want. And the Ukraine actually is one of the places that used to provide a the lot of most, which is yeah. why Putin and, and China and everybody's interested in Ukraine. But, but all of that is saying that our last administration started a trade war when we were on the losing side of that trade war. Our farmers have not recovered no. from that trade war. So now shipping containers come from Asia over here full, but we have no reason to send the shipping containers back there. We're not sending them anything. So they stack up empty in here. here hey, they're building California. walls with it now, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but it is true. 713-526-5738. If you want to say something real quickly, 713 526-5738, extension numero dos, extension number two, five, seven, 713-526-5738. But yeah, so I mean, the last subject that I had was called, we reward those destroying us because it fits right in. Sure. And I always know, based on what we're doing, that we can connect all, imagine we could connect Chris Rock to the Democratic Party in Harris County to uh, what's going on in, well, check this out. We reward those destroying us. The reason we continue to have our environment placed in peril, our healthcare remains an immoral, uh, an immoral, humane mess, and our social safety net a disaster of inconsistencies is that we don't reward excellence, but gangsters. And I call, I call them gangsters. You know, gangsters are the ones just taking your stuff, right? And that's what our, that's what our economic system does now. It just takes your stuff because they can, right? They do it with a smile, though. Uh, and they don't put a gun to your head. They use something that is a lot more effective. They enchain your mind. They enslave your mind. But anyhow, I've restarted our series called A Better Human Story with Andrew Schmuckler, and you'll start seeing that this week, which explores much of this. Andrew Schmuckler is an older guy from, from uh, West Virginia. He ran for Senate in West Virginia, and um, he's, he, he thinks he's very progressive, 
he's somewhere in the middle. But I love the guy because we we have some good, healthy conversations. Well, at least if he's trying. Yeah. 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 But he's a good guy. I mean, he really wants a better world, and so he created this um, this website called a, a Better Human Story. And I, I and I think it's important that we highlight those kinds of things from people who want to do things that are positive. Sure, you know. Sure. I, I hope with this program here, um, Jaime, I hope to earn enough trust in people that they can, you know, because everything I say, I always tell them, don't listen to what I say. Fact check <laughs> what I'm saying. I have no problem with you fact checking me. But the goal is to raise people's awareness and, and, and let people know that they are already empowered with their vote to really make and, things happen. And how important is that local part of component of this? Rex Tillerson is a Houston homegrown boy. Yes. Rex Tillerson, the one we were just talking about, right. is from here. Right. Harris County really ha- has a lot of effect on the world. So if you're growing up or if you're living in Harris County, you have actually more access to changing the world than a lot of people living in other places. The, the political climate and the political system here will allow it, but uh, you've got to get involved. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.